Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. What's going on? We're sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Right off bat. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And welcome back to Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Give me a high sigh. (laughs) Um, Full disclosure, I look a mess, child. My wig is at the back of my neck, dog on it. Lace is lifted as lifted can be. But I'm here and I had a very long night. We were moving. If you're on Instagram, you already know my my situation. I moved into a bigger house. I'm really excited, but I'm really tired. So yes. give me a little and break. If, <laughs> if you're on Instagram, you don't know my situation because I don't post my stuff at all. But I just started a new job, so I'm exhausted. <laughs> Yes. so bear with us yes yes okay i'm really excited for today's case not really sure why because it's god awful mm. i think i'm more so excited to hear what you guys think about it so let's just get started Kristen. are you ready let's do it okay we all know that jails and prisons are not meant to rehabilitate those of us who break the law but to perpetuate racism against people of color and pad the pockets of those who turn a blind eye to it So who do we blame when a violent criminal is sent to prison as a punishment, rejoins society with an insatiable bloodlust? Join us as we discuss how the system failed the victims of the man known as the baseline killer, Mark Gudeau. Wow. This is giving another Nico Jenkins. Kristen, how do you know? How do you even remember that? (laughs) He's one of the few cases that I actually remember. (laughs) Because he was such a nut. (laughs) Such a nut. So let's get right into it. Mark Goudot was born on September 6th, 1964 to Willie and Alberta in Phoenix, Arizona. Kristen, what happened in Black history in 1964? Hey guys, I'm back. (laughs) I'm back with your black history. Just a little tidbit of what was going on in 1964 here in the States. I promise I am going to do a world black history. Just give me a little time. It's harder to find. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I wanted to highlight a couple of things that happened in 1964. One of them being President Lyndon Johnson signed Mm -hmm. the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which basically made segregation in public places restaurants theaters hotels all of that illegal so thank you to president lyndon johnson Mm -hmm. Um, lyndon b lyndon b the next thing that happened or the next person that popped up in 1964 other than this killer was Mm -hmm. joanne higginbotham and other than having a really freaking cool name, Higginbotham. Love it. She became the third black woman to go to space. 
So she was a NASA astronaut and a NASA engineer. She got her start at NASA by working as an engineer first, and then Mm. she applied to be an astronaut. She got in, and she was the third black woman to ever enter space, period. The fact that she was only the third woman, black woman that went to space, didn't we just go to space like 1960-something or 50-something anyway? So who was the first? (laughs) okay well i don't know if the timeline is saying we went to space in 1960 something because i have somebody else's coming up and i'll let you know about that but as all of us who watch hidden figures should know the first woman the first black woman to go in space was may c jemison hello wow yeah so she was the first and miss joanne higginbotham was the third well thank you sister so much oh one more okay um so a foreshadow <laughs> to this which was the first black man to ever go into space his name was guillaume blueford guillaume yes. where are these cool ass names i'm naming my son guillaume i love guillaume i'm like is he french anyway guillaume hiddenbachem that's what mm-hmm. i'm gonna name him Guillaume Bluford graduated from Penn State in 1964, and he had a bachelor's in aerospace engineering, so he knew what he wanted to do, period, from jump. And so that type of determination, that type of inner knowing got him to be the first black American man in space, and he participated in four space shuttle missions from the time, well, beginning in 1983. So, yeah, so it makes me feel like, okay, maybe our first successful mission with a black man Mm -hmm. started in the 1980s yeah that's pretty dope i like that and send me some pictures of him if you can so i can include them on the show well thank you thank you sister so much Mm -hmm. so back to this case mark's mom worked as a housekeeper and his father worked as at a car dealership as a lot attendant so kind of like the guy that you know washes the cars drives the cars back to where they're supposed to be stuff like that Mark was one of 13 children. Dang. Mm-hmm. Good googly. Seven boys and six girls, with Mark being the second youngest. I'm like, I hope all of those kids did not come from that mama. That's a lot of pushing. That's a lot of pushing and tugging. <sighs> Unfortunately, Alberta passed away when Mark was only 12 years old which was probably horrific for him. So, you know, the number one woman in his life, gone. This case kind of reminded me a little bit. I wrote this, literally wrote this, Kristen. This case reminded me a little bit of the Nico Jenkins case in the way that at least four of the 13 siblings served prison time at some point in their lives. (laughs) Yeah. 13 people is a lot of people. So four out of 13 is still not a passing rate. (laughs) It's not more than half. I'm not mad. I'm cracking up. Well, they were all like kind of caused because of the drugs and alcohol abuse that was going on. Now, the details about the quality of Mark's childhood were a little hazy. So according to one of his older brothers, their early years were pretty normal and uneventful. He said that there was no violence in the house, although their family or their father could be strict sometimes. So, you know, fathers are usually kind of that way. Right. Yeah, especially if they work a lot and, you know, they just are the authoritative figure. But according to some of his other siblings, alcoholism actually ran in the family and that along with the alcohol abuse came verbal abuse. So 
Oh. You know, not the best situation for a growing young boy. Mark and his younger brother Marvin tried to focus their time on sports. Like they wanted to stay out of the house as much as possible and played football at their school. They went to Corona del Sol High School in Tempe, Arizona. Marvin actually went on to play football in college, which is pretty dope. Okay, Marvin. Do you know? But Mark didn't because he didn't even graduate high school. He didn't have enough credits. So that's hard to believe because usually in high school, they just set you up for, hey, these are the classes you're supposed to take, exactly what you're supposed to do. It's more straightforward than college. So Right. I never knew that you had to have a certain amount of credits in high school. I know. I never, that never came across my, ish, you know, my radar. radar. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is around 1982 when he was 18 years old. And I don't know, he may have felt like inferior or like embarrassed because he didn't graduate. You know, I, I really don't know. But on November 7th of that same year in 1982, Mark and one of his brothers were arrested for raping a young woman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Yeah, just straight off the bat. But no charges were actually filed and they were released from custody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You don't just find yourself in a situation to be raping a girl. And I hate that word, Mm -hmm. sexually assaulting a girl. Are you joking? You and your brother? Have y'all lost y'all's mind? So I think the situation was more so like maybe she didn't want to testify. So because they didn't really have any physical evidence, um, they, you know, had to drop the case or whatever. He was later charged with trespassing in 1987 and then a DUI in 1988. And in August of 1989, this man was charged with abducting a woman brutally sexually violating her you guys know what i'm talking about and then he beat her in the head with a barbell okay we're not doing that this is what we're not gonna do are we joking why did you go that far like what's going Mm -hmm. on with you (laughs) listen i this whole case i have that same exact question and it's never answered for me just really upsetting Spoiler alert. (laughs) Like you would think he would have a little more respect since he lost his mom. You know, he lost that motherly figure. So I would have like almost thought he would hold women on a pedestal and hate men. Right. But I think maybe in this situation, people handle their grief differently. So maybe he turned it into anger toward like, why did my mom leave me, you know, early in life or something? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's really sad. Uh, But this isn't what happened, according to Mark. Mark said she gave him consensual oral sex and that two other men must have just come behind him and assaulted her after he left. You're corny. Did they beat her with a barbell, too? Like, thank you. It's giving bullshit, Billy, and I'm over it. And I'm really glad that a jury agrees with me and found his ass guilty. And he was sentenced to 15 years in prison for this. Well... (laughs) which i think is pretty dope it's because he pled down to um aggravated assault and not attempted murder Mm. so because of that he was able to you know not get 25 to life which is what he really deserved Mm -hmm. before he was arrested for this attack he was able to commit a robbery in early 1990 and was found guilty of that case too and was sentenced to 21 years for that charge like mark this the odds are not in your favor it's like can you sit down for two seconds before you go back to trial 
Also, can we talk about how how you can steal someone's property and serve more time than stealing someone's actual like body right. part? Stealing their consent, you piece of shit. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he went to prison for True. that, and he was a model inmate. And I hate that fucking phrase because it's like, oh, he's a model inmate while he's in prison, and it's also like, oh, his victim pool isn't in prison. If he had access to women. And young girls in prison, I'm pretty sure he'd be doing the same exact thing. Which means some people just need to be locked up. Period, Kristen. And and and, and not given the chance of, uh, is he rehabilitated? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not willing to risk it for some people. Mm-hmm. And Mark was definitely one of those fucking people. So because of this, because of his good behavior, he was granted parole in 2004 after serving only 13 years. After his release, he moved into a home near Baseline Road with his wife, Wendy Carr. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know when he met this woman. I don't know what the, f- but I I will post a picture on the Instagram and on this video if you're on Patreon. And him and his wife are booed up while he's in jail. You can and- tell, you know, the regular jail background and jail clothes. And she was holding it down. And she's beautiful. And she's of the caucus. She has. She's from the root of the caucus. Oh, she's white. Yeah, she's white. The caucus tree. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who says the root of the caucus? (laughs) I mean, I I didn't know how else to say it. I was like, how can I say this is not offensive? Like, I don't know. Do people get offended at being called Caucasian, bitch? I don't know. I don't know. I think they would be because they would just be like, I'm white. Like, don't do the most. It's like calling us African-American. Bitch, I'm black. <laughs> right, please. <laughs> okay, so I get it. Either way, she held him down, even though he was in, you know, jail for very violent, terrible things toward right. women. Towards Great. women. Don't like you, Wendy. Like, you're, I just don't think you're watching out for yourself, Wendy. Or like other women. But I digress. So it seemed like Mark was adjusting to society pretty well. His neighbors thought highly of him. And yes, they knew he was previously in prison. I just don't think they knew like what he was in there for, but they did know that, you know, he served some time. He was working construction with a company called Select Build, but after being out of prison for just one year, Mark would start attacking more women and young girls, almost like he'd been waiting 13 years to finish what he started. Ew, Mark, Cringe. you're too old for this. <laughs> like, how are you going to go to jail? That. How are you going to go to jail for this offense, for rape, sexually assaulting right. a woman? Right. And then you come out and you're just like, let's do it all again. Like, it's something in there that was not quenched, that was not put Girl. out. And no, disgusting. we know a lot of we know a lot of criminals go to jail and just learn how to be better criminals when they get out. You know, he probably came across somebody that was like, hey, when you sexually assault someone, you probably should kill them so they can't snitch on you and also get rid of your DNA evidence on their body. And we'll get to that later. Foreshadow. You know, you're great at those. <laughs> So at the time of the murders, there was actually another killer active like in the Phoenix area and the media dubbed them the serial shooters. So they were Dale Hausman and Samuel Dieterman, and they committed several drive-by shootings and arson attacks between May of 2005 and August of 2006, which is almost like verbatim the time frame that Mark was active, which is kind of crazy. Wow. 
They killed eight people and injured 19. And Dale Hausner died by suicide in prison. He was on death row in 2013. And Samuel is still serving out his life sentence in um, prison. So that's cool. They were both of the caucus tree. Oh, root. <laughs> root of the caucus. So <laughs> they were yo, we love our, and we love our Caucasian people. Don't get it twisted. Like you're not going to come on our show and think that we're prejudiced at all. Like we love no. our people next. Mm -hmm. Say that for your mammy hoe. <laughs> so when, <laughs> so when Mark started to kill, he was identified to the public as the baseline killer or the baseline rapist because of the crimes occurring around baseline road, which is in South Phoenix. Right. He would later spread, he would later spread more to the North like central area of the city but that's kind of due to i personally think it's because he was working and killing at the same time so you know how you work you have to go to different areas and i think that's why his killings ranged like he just couldn't location wait. he just couldn't nope. wait nope was just kristen wait till you hear this shit bro uh, <laughs> give it okay. to me so i want to start by telling you just straight off the bat mark Goudeau by the end of it, will be accused of committing nine murders. Eight were women and one was a man. 15 sexual assaults of women and young girls. 11 kidnaps and several armed robberies. So those are like rough figures. I'm going to give you down to the count later on in the episode. Sickening. Oh, and I'm pissed. And I'm not even going to say what I feel about Mark's aesthetic. I, I was about to say, I need to go ahead and find a killer that looks like a foot. I'm I'm ready to see <laughs> killers that look like feet and shoes and socks and, you know, hands and earlobes. That's what I'm ready to see. I don't want to see men that you might take a second look at on the street walking yes! down. You know, like, I'm sick of it. And that's what's like frustrating me is because like you can see a fine man and be like, oh, he's fine. But you don't know that man. You don't no. know what he's capable of. So fine or not, that doesn't determine whether you should walk up to him and act all flamboyant. Like, right, watch right. yourself, ladies, because they can be Protect fine and be killers. 110%. Either way, all of this is horrible. And because there are so many, like, victims, I unfortunately can't go through, like, all of the detail of every single thing. But you guys already know I'm going to break it down for you in a timeline type of format. And we're just going to get into it. So prepare yourself. Get you a little candle or something. Some mm. sage. Do your breathing exercises. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. So let's start in 2005. Mark is 41 years old. Um, grown ass man. Living with his wife and working as a construction worker. And on August 6, 2005, at around 9.45 p.m., Mark forced three teenagers named Jenny, Sarah, and Jesus behind a church on Baseline Road. He molested the two girls and then wiped them off with a towel afterward. Remember how I told you guys how he's going to try to keep his DNA from being able to be caught and sampled? Because remember, he's already has a sample in the system. Right. So right now, he feels like everything hinges on him making sure his DNA is not left behind. Instead of just saying, okay, I'm not going to do this sickness. <laughs> right. He's saying, okay, I'm going to avoid getting caught. 
I'm going to be more careful. Correct. On August 14th, he robbed and sexually assaulted a female victim around 4 a.m. off East Thomas Road. So he's just going and going and going and going. And all of these crimes, none of these crimes happen before 8 p.m. So it's always at night. September 8th is the day Mark would commit his first known homicide. 19-year-old Georgia Thompson was found suffering from a gunshot wound to her head in her apartment parking lot. Two of her neighbors would later remember that they heard a woman screaming with one claiming she said, quote, leave me alone. And like, look at how adorable and young and spring chicken she was. Wow. Like, rest in peace, Georgia. Rest in peace, Georgia. Uh, She kind of looks like his wife. Uh Uh-oh. Like in Sister. a small way, like she's his, her eyes mm-hmm. and her face is giving me his wife. Oh, no, not good. Well, no. okay, let's keep going. On September 20th at 1030 p.m., Mark approached two sisters named Lorena and Alejandra walking home from a Phoenix City Park, one of which was noticeably pregnant. Mark pulled a gun on them and then sexually violated one sister, like the younger one, while he held the gun to the stomach of the pregnant sister. Wow. I guess in like a way to just make sure they both complied, you know? It's just so sick. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. These two queens would later play a huge part in convicting this asshole. Period. So letting you know that right now. On September 28th, Melissa, Iselda, and Martha were working at the takeout window of a restaurant when Mark pointed a gun at them and demanded money. The woman ran into another room while Mark reached into the window and just grabbed Melissa's purse. This is so he's how brazen can you be? How him reaching through that bitch? Like, were there not cameras back then? I guess. I mean, no, there were cam- there were cameras. This is 2005. So then he just didn't yeah. care. Even if there he were, didn't he didn't give like, any. No. Wow. He did not. He didn't. Kristen, he d- did not care. And watch this. Literally seconds later, he approached a woman named Margie and her 12-year-old daughter named Bianca, who were sitting in their parked car near that takeout window. So they probably almost witnessed what just happened. Mm -hmm. And then he just like rose up on them. So he pointed the gun at Margie and then got in the backseat of the car. And he told the two to not look at him. He wasn't hiding his face at this point. So he was just like, don't look at me. Mm-hmm. And at some point he demanded Margie give him $20. <laughs> what the fuck is he going to do with $20? And then he sexually assaulted 12-year-old Bianca. No, Kayla. Kristen. Are you joking? Like, why did he not just go for the older woman? You sick F. I mean, go for neither, but also totally, you know, I think at the time she was still driving. This was before they were able to pull over. So maybe he did this while Margie was still driving, which is just horrible to think of as a mother. I'm not a mother, but, you know, thinking about being a mother and your daughter going through that, you can't do anything to help. So he told them to go to like a secluded area and he made them get out of the car and take off their clothing. Just so sad. It's the only good thing I'll tell you right now, they survive, so they won't lose their lives, which is great. But he does end up sexually assaulting Margie when they're outside of the car. I mean, he's really out here ruining lives and just does yep. not care for his for what? His sixth sexual fantasy? Oh yeah. And twenty dollars. 
Chris, and twenty. What is he gonna do with twenty dollars? What are you doing and with think, twenty dollars? And I think, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. They then got back in the car. He had Margie drive him back to the same area that he just abducted her from, and then demanded that she give him more money before he left. Oh, and he also wiped down the victim's clothing and the areas that he touched in their car. This, I think that part of it makes me more pissed off. Obviously, the you know the violence is horrible, but the calculatedness behind it to make sure that he could continue to do this shit for long, you know as much time as he wanted to, it it makes me mad, really mad. It's disgusting. It's absolutely it really disgusting is. to think that he's wiping them down when he's done. Yep. Oh my god! I think it's probably the most effort that we've seen in a long time on the show that a killer has gone to like not get caught. Most of the killers just do what they do and keep it moving, keep you know, moving. you know, dispose of a body, whatever. And that's the extent of it. But this man's like, no, I don't want to go back to prison on November 3rd, which is a little over a month since his last known attack. Mark entered a store where Teresa worked as a clerk and robbed her at gunpoint. And I just want to let you guys know, a lot of these names did not come with their last names. A lot of them were just abbreviated. So it's Teresa G and, you know, Loretta L, things like that. Moments after robbing Teresa, he kidnapped a woman named Annie at gunpoint, forced her to drive until she they found like a quiet place and then made her pull over and he sexually assaulted her. This time, instead of wiping her off when he was done, he told her to spit on her hand and rub it on the parts of her body that he touched. I want to fight. I don't care. I don't know what about this detail twisted my stomach so much when I read it. Because he thinks probably, oh, it's contaminated, so they can't get a reliable sample of my DNA if it's mixed with hers. Which is completely untrue, dummy. But he's clearly going the extra mile to be the piece of shit that he is. Like, it's like he's experimenting with different ways of covering his his um stuff up. Yep. Spit on your hand. Right. Okay. I want to fight. I yep. think it's the worst I know. spit for me. <laughs> I think it's, it's the worst, the worst spit. spit. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to throw <laughs> I feel like someone is spitting on me when I say that. When I word, even, so. yeah. It's not uh, good. He <sighs> ended up having her drop him back off in that same area that he found her and stole her purse and cash before he left. Five days later, on November 7th, a man identified as Alfredo was standing in his restaurant with two of his employees, Mirasol and Iris, when Mark just busted in, wielding his gun like a fucking psycho, telling them to give him money. Mirasol and Iris were able to escape like to the back of the restaurant, and Alfredo just handed him money. I was like, take it. Mark then robbed literally the store like across the street. <laughs> I just can't even, I can't even fathom what's going on in his mind. Yeah, because like, do you want to get caught or do you not want to get caught? What What are we doing here? And you're I doing the know. same two offenses that got you in jail in the first place. Yes, are just you, taking it up a notch. Right, like, are you learning or are you just mm -hmm. being an even more psychopathic person? I think it's he's, the latter. I think he's figuring out what he likes. I think he's figuring out what works for him and also just doing whatever he wants because he's been in jail for 13 years and, you know, he just wants to act a nut. And also in this point of my research, I was thinking, where is this coming from? Like, I genuinely do not know. I understand like his siblings were into some shit, right? 
because they're older than him. Maybe he saw a lot of dark stuff when he was growing up because of them. I don't know. But robberies and rapes and murders, it's just a huge leap to me. Yeah, and he's not gang affiliated. He's doing it all by himself. It's just, yeah, you really want to know what is the motive? What is the reason? Yes, what's driving him to do these fucking horrible things? After he left the second restaurant, he came across a woman named Cheryl, her two young children and her mother, and attempted to I know, Kristen, I know. And attempted to just snatch the mother's purse right off of her. And Cheryl yelled at him and told him, like, we don't have any money. So Mark just shot the gun in the air and just ran off. I'm like, what are you doing? Bro, what are you Make it make sense. Are you missing some screws? Yeah, like, what are you actually doing? Did you want to do something in that moment because you felt like she tried you? So you just shot up in the air? (laughs) You were a little embarrassed? I don't know. Why did you shoot Georgia in the head, Mark? But then you didn't shoot anybody else so far so what was it about georgia thompson well you're going to be asking yourself that question many many more times because we are only halfway through his terrible heinous murders i don't want to say spree crime spree let's say a crime spree Mm -hmm. customers from the first restaurant he robbed that night started actually chasing his ass but they stopped because he started like letting off shots. He started shooting at them. Yeah. So they were like, you know, it just seems like he's very manic right now to me. Mm-hmm. And the little break that he took, remember that month and a half that he was off to me, it was like, maybe he literally has a manic episode where he goes out and does all this shit. And then he's back to like his depression, you know, and the other times and he's just chilling at the crib. Maybe he has bipolar disorder. That's what I was thinking. But also I had to check myself and be like, I can't always try to find a justification for just fucking evil behavior. Mm, Sometimes it just is what it is. Yep. This is true. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. On December 12th of 2005, a man named Peter was leaving work when he heard gunshots coming from the alley behind the building. When he went to check it out. Kayla, what happened? I'm about to tell you. When he stepped back there, he saw piece of shit mark holding that same gun aimed at a body on the ground mark then raised the gun at peter and pulled the trigger but the gun didn't fire probably he was probably out of bullets he just heard uh peter heard the click and then just like fucking took off okay run peter run right Right. So he goes back inside. He calls 911 and they later identify the victim as Tina Washington. She had been robbed of her jewelry and also shot in the head. Just so sad. Rest in peace, Tina. Rest in peace, Tina. So he is accelerating um, Mm -hmm. and murdering people. First it was the gunshot wound from Georgia Thompson, but now he's he's starting to kill. I think he likes what he's doing. He's, He's getting a vibe. It seems like Mark took a little break because he didn't strike again that we know of until February 20th. So from December, the last one was, what, December 12th, February 20th, 2006. So, wow. And that's when 38-year-old Romelia Vargas and 24-year-old Mima Roman were found dead, laying side to side on the floor of Romelia's food truck. They both suffered gunshot wounds to the head. The woman had been working at the food truck near a construction site on 91st Avenue and Lower Buckeye Road. So... We already know homeboy is a construction worker. It was yep. probably just a crime of opportunity. 
It was probably premeditated because if he's a construction Maybe. worker, he ain't killing while he's working. He probably, you know, he could Maybe have not. potentially yeah. saw them while he was working and then set it up right. for when he got for off. after or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rest in peace, ladies. They were rest beautiful, beautiful ladies. I feel like all of the ladies that lo- lost their life. I mean, looks aren't everything like who gives a shit, you know, but still they looked like they were beautiful people inside and out. And it breaks my heart even more. Yeah. Rest in peace. On March 14th, 2006, 23-year-old George Chow left work with a fellow co-worker, 20-year-old Liliana Sanchez. Later that day, Liliana's body would later be found in the front passenger seat, partially naked with a fatal gunshot wound to her head. George was found in an alley a few blocks away and also died from a gunshot wound to his head. Investigators found that both victims were shot inside the car from behind as if like the killer was sitting in the back seat and they were, you know, in the two front seats and both victims were missing their wallets. Why the heck did he drag drag George out the car a few so blocks what away? I'm, so what I'm thinking, I don't think he dragged George. I think George was still alive after he was shot and probably crawled and tried to get help. Because I will literally bust out crying right here and right now. I know. When I thought about that, I was like, no, why did I think further? I should have just fucking left it. But yeah. Rest in peace, George, and rest in peace, Liliana. Rest in peace, both of you. This is sick. And like Super I see sick. that Mark now, he's he knows how to wield a gun because he's shooting yeah. people straight in the back of the head every yeah. single time. And from like close range, like he's right up on them. So it's really just even more brutal. Yeah. And to think that he's not getting, not to be gross, but like splashed with, you know, brain matter or blood. I feel like that's highly unlikely. So there has to be some evidence that he's just carrying around on his stupid ass. And little does he know his stupid self, unless this is, (laughs) he's doing this on purpose. He's now creating an MO. Sexual assault every happens every time he hits. People getting shot in the head is starting to happen every time he hits. Like now you're creating a pattern and it's easier to spot a person with a pattern. There you go. Absolutely. March 29th, a business owner arriving at work noticed some drag marks and blood spots running from the parking lot in the front of his shop to the storage sheds in the back. This one really gave me the heebie-jeebies. Okay, listen, so he called the police who took samples of the blood, but weren't able to actually find like a body or the source of where the blood came from. But five days later, there was an overwhelmingly foul stench coming from the storage shed area. And after actually like, I guess, attempting to look this time and not just glancing, the business owner moved some debris and uncovered human body parts. Police later uncovered the full body of 26-year-old Christina Gibbons. She was mostly nude and severely decomposed with a gunshot wound to her head. And she also had bruising and like scratches on her arms and legs, suggesting that maybe she tried to fight or maybe they were even just from her being dragged to where she was taken and found. So rest in peace, Christina. I'm sick of saying rest in peace. Like I want this to be over. (laughs) I really want this to be over. This Me is and bad. you both, sister. And it just gets worse. On April 10th, an eight-year-old came home from school and found his mother, 37-year-old Sofia Nunez, submerged in their bathtub, which was overflowing with water and her blood. Sofia was shot in the face at close range 
while she was in the tub. Oh my gosh. Being killed in your shower, your tub, on the toilet, cooking food, watching TV, eating a meal, these vulnerable situations, it's just so scary. It makes me feel like it could literally happen to anyone. Yeah, because how did he get in there? Like, what what type of... What type of um, stalking is he doing? Is he stalking people before he hurts them? Like, is it spur of the moment? Kayla, what is going on? I don't know. A lot of it, what it seems like, is just crimes of opportunity. It doesn't really seem like he's stalking his victims. He's just hauling off and committing terrible crimes. And I don't know what situation Sophia was in to where he was able to get access to her. I don't know. But either way, it's fucking terrible. And I feel so sad for that little boy that had to walk in on his mom like that it's unbearable i need a gun tragic tragic krista we have to be we have to get strapped immediately ladies we need straps <laughs> okay we need to put these on, men in their place well i don't know the horrible <laughs> men absolutely yes like, okay, i'm the, never the gonna be a crime man. of opportunity you're never gonna catch me slipping that's what i'm trying yeah. to say like we okay, do not good. need to be caught slipping for anyone yeah, who's no. trying to take advantage of us right I'd rather shoot and be wrong than <laughs> doggone it. Get taken out myself. And that's just what it is. Shoot now, ask questions later. Okay, like, no, that is, I don't I don't I don't We mean don't that, support you that, you guys. I don't support it, but I also mean it for me. You don't have to be like me. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> but protect yourself at all costs. Okay, Period. let's continue. Mm-hmm. On May first, two thousand six, Mark kidnapped a woman named Adrienne and forced her to drive him around until they found a secluded area. His same old M.O., he forced her to undress and told her to give him head, to which she said no. Mm, Like, no. And then he put the gun to her head and said, I'm going to shoot you if you don't do it. And then she said, go ahead. Period. (laughs) Wow. Okay. He got the right one today. He had her lucky socks on. She had her bunny in her pocket child because that man pulled the trigger and that gun said click and nothing happened. So she was able to grab her car keys and run away. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Adrian, I love that. That is like God working in your favor. Like, are you joking? Yeah. She's got some good juju on her side because, good Lord. Like, the fact that the gun clicked up and then you were actually able to run away and escape? Right. Right. Girl, she ran for her life. Are you joking? She didn't look back. She didn't look back. And lastly, thank the Lord himself. I can't take much more of this. On June 29th, 37-year-old Carmen Miranda was at a car wash just a few blocks away from where Mark was living at the time. And she was talking on her cell phone to her boyfriend when he heard a man demand that Carmen give him something. There was surveillance video from the car wash and it showed Carmen vacuuming her car seats when Mark approached her, pushed her into the back seat, and then drove away in her car. Just real brazen in the middle. I I don't know if this was in the middle of the day, but it's giving middle of the day vibes. It's definitely giving middle of the day vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Miranda's car was found two hours later in a secluded parking lot and Miranda was found dead in the backseat from a gunshot wound to the face and her pants were also unzipped and pulled down. Wow. I mean, the man is sick. The man is completely sick. This is just, it just really shows you. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you think you can pull as many bitches as you 
can handle, you can still be a trash individual and steal what does not fucking belong to you. Absolutely. Terrible. And and to be clear, has no look. Yeah. And to be clear, no woman belongs to no man and vice versa. Okay. We can love each other. Let's not fucking turn it into something gross and possessive. He belongs to me. All right. Wow. I'm sick. Okay. I'm sick. And what is his wife doing this entire time? Does she not know what's going on? Like, she knows this dog man is probably coming home in the middle of the night, smelling Girl. funky, having Girl. stuff on his clothes. What is she doing? We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. So rest in peace, Miranda. Rest in peace, Carmen. You Miranda. beautiful soul. Beautiful, gorgeous. It's important for you guys to know that Mark wasn't always walking up to these women just looking like himself. Because you think like he's not a small guy. He's kind of threatening looking just off rip in my opinion. So he was coming up to these women sometimes dressed as a man with dreadlocks with like a fisherman's hat on, which isn't any less creepy than his normal look. And he also wore like a Halloween costume once with like black plastic glasses. And it just was giving, okay, I'm going to run to Goodwill, get something to disguise myself in and just like go out and do this terrible stuff. Sounds like he was having fun. Like he was having it a was blast. like an event for him. Kristen, he's at the fair. He even approached a victim pretending to be a homeless man. Like he was pushing a cart and everything. I mean, just really thought this through while he was in prison. Had a whole plan when he was going to come out. I have no words. And when he was robbing these restaurants, he was getting a little, you know, a little chunk of change. The first restaurant robbery, I think he got like $700. And then the next one, which was the one he committed like next door, he got like $400. So I can kind of see how his behavior is being reinforced when it comes to the robbery. He's actually getting money, more money than he's making by just working as a construction worker. You right. Know? So well, I know you guys just are wanting to oh. that. Like, why are you out here assaulting women? Like he's like feeding two sides of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's letting his full disgustingness be re- realized. Absolutely. So I know you guys are wondering where the hell the popo are and how far they are behind all of this (laughs) because they usually are. Well, in this case, they were keeping track pretty well and have actually been connecting these robberies and assaults and murders to one killer. So they have identified, hey, this is all being done by one person. Okay. The public was understandably freaking out and police were feeling the pressure to make an arrest. On May 5th, police went public with a list of 18 crimes they believe the baseline killer was responsible for, and by August, it was up to 23. Police say the shell casings found at each of the crime scenes all came from the same gun, so they're just trying to do what they can without having any DNA evidence yet. Whatever they have at the scene, this is what they're working with. And they also released a sketch of the baseline killer and announced a $100,000 reward. So if you see the sketch, the sketch looks a little... It looks a little weird. He does kind of look like the core face of it, but the hair, you know, the hair has a dreadlock, so it could confuse people if they've never seen him wear anything like this. Absolutely. And the police had many suspects in their view. At least 10 people were looked at fully, like, in depth and ruled out, but Mark wasn't really on their radar. Someone had to actually tell them about Mark. Ooh, who told Mm -hmm. them? Hmm. In August 2006, the department in charge of parolees contacted the Baseline Killer Task Force and told them that Mark Goudot was a good suspect for the crimes and that they should take a look at him. So based on that, 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So based on that, they did a little digging and they were able to get a like a search warrant, not one that you could really go in and do the looking you need to, but just kind of like a look and don't touch type of situation. Mm. And they found a ski mask and a realistic looking toy gun. So not really sure what the toy gun had to do with anything, but I guess that gave them enough to be like, let's get in the door, right? So they returned about a month later on September 2nd, 2006, and finally arrested Mark in connection with the sexual assault involving the two sisters we talked about in 2005. Remember okay. that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was arrested on his 42nd birthday, which ah, I just love that song. Well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> they then conducted a full search of his home at 28th Street in Pin. Pincott Avenue and they found jewelry that belonged to the victims and they found that gun that all the victims were shot with so come on throw in your towel you're fucking it's over it's you're over. fucking out of here you're somebody to told you to spread your DNA make sure you couldn't you know find your DNA but nobody right. told you to switch up your guns yeah. nobody told you to <laughs> not keep jewelry from the victims so <laughs> either way Mark you're caught goodbye you tried stupid You tried and you failed. After his arrest, his wife, Wendy, told the Associated Press, quote, My husband is innocent. This is a huge miscarriage of justice, and they have an innocent man in prison. This is all a mistake. He shouldn't be in prison for something he didn't do. Wendy, shut up. Wendy, where do you be at? (laughs) Wendy, do you sleep (laughs) like a log? How do you not know anything? Anything. Hardcore sleep medication because this man be out in the middle of the night doing God knows what, coming home, probably covered in blood. You know nothing? You know nothing? You know nothing? And you know you're doing the man's laundry? No. Because he ain't doing it. You alive. I I don't trust you. I don't trust her either, but some people are just so blindly just like, I love him and he can do no wrong. And, you know, she'll go on to say that Mark was a loving husband and he was an excellent neighbor. He even was like super meticulous about keeping his lawn up to snuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but this the thing is, people always think killers have to be one thing, right? right. That doesn't, that's not how it is at all. You can be multiple mm-hmm. things and also be a murderer. Yeah. So now it's time for the trial. And it started on September 7th, 2007. Prosecutors used ballistics, DNA, and circumstantial evidence to build their case. Mark was officially charged with 74 crimes, including nine murders, five sexual assaults, three attempted sexual assaults, 10 kidnappings, 12 armed robberies, four attempted armed robberies, three counts of sexual abuse, nine counts of sexual conduct with a minor, 13 aggravated assaults, and three counts of indecent exposure. Wow. I hope like, he gets what? caught for all of them. I hope they just tie tie the noose. On. Well, I can't say that. You can't say it because he's black. I hope they <laughs> give him the chair. <laughs> That's what I hope. Give him the chair! Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Shame. <laughs> okay, Chris, do you know where that came from? Shame? Shame. Shame. And it's like a bell. Shame. <laughs> Are you fucking sitting no. here telling me you don't know where that's from? Okay, where the heck is that from? And we literally watched Game of Thrones like almost together. Oh, so it's from Game of Thrones. Remember when Cersei, they paraded Cersei down like oh, the, yeah. the Red Keep? And 
the one was like shame, shame. shame. <laughs> <laughs> i can love that show wow okay. cc was a bad bitch crazy bitch okay both sisters decided to testify against him and detailed how he told them to undress in the bushes and how he assaulted them and you know terrible stuff i don't want to say again he also told them to rub dirt on themselves on any part of them that he may have put his mouth on oh my god or a sweat on and he also used a condom so like oh purge yeah purge Purge. i couldn't even imagine putting my mouth on someone against their consent i would immediately feel dirty and just want to throw myself off of a roof how can he do this let alone what 19 at least 19 times i don't know over and over and over again over and over again sorry <laughs> Kayla. you did that you did that no it's not okay <laughs> no it's not the jury found mark guilty on all 19 counts and on december 14th 2007 he was sentenced to 438 years in prison period yay he was later found guilty of 69 of the other charges he was facing including all nine of the murder charges perfect because he yes. did it and that motherfucker was put on death row wow oh yeah they threw the chair at him give him the chair huzzah but that wasn't the end of the case just yet in 2009 there are there were some open speculation that the phoenix police department actually had key dna evidence in their possession nine months before the arrest but they just failed to get it tested which doesn't surprise me at all even though they were so acting like oh my gosh we need to get this killer off the streets and if you have dna evidence that can be used to do that why the fuck are why you would using you use it? it i don't know that same year, a leaked police report indicated that another suspect was questioned in connection to Romelia and Mima's death. And that was a man named Terry Wayne Smith. He was actually a friend of the Gudo family who also had a long and violent history from Cali and Arizona. He'd served time for aggravated assault and armed robbery, which are the very charges that Mark served for the first time he went to prison, which is fucking crazy. Right. And he was a suspect in two separate homicides. Come on. It's it's written in the stalls. This man needs to be off the streets for good as, as well. As well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Terry had been released from prison shortly before the attacks started, and he was arrested a few days before Mark was. So apparently with that situation, he held his family at gunpoint the night before. So he was arrested for that and was sentenced to four years. Mm. Why? Why? What is wrong with these people? What drugs are you getting a, a hold of? I want to blame drugs. I do. It's not just the drugs. But I can't. But I can't. I don't even Kristen. think Mark did drugs. I don't. Well, shit. I've, I didn't see no mention of him actually doing any. Wow. So, so it's just pure evil. Yep. Yep. And Terry, and, where did your big head come from? What was you doing? Did they know? Do you think they knew each other in jail since their crimes lined up so well? Well, they were friends. Remember, he was a family friend. Yeah. So I don't know if they knew each other in prison. While I don't know if they were locked together. up. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that, but it's giving very, you know, they're connected and, Birds and not of a feather. Flock there you together. go, Kristen. 100%. 
They dismissed Terry as a suspect, mainly because he was incarcerated when one of the murders occurred. Mm. So I'm like, okay, but that doesn't mean he's not a murderer. Maybe he just didn't do that one murder. Like, come on, guys. And I know when you don't have evidence, it's really hard just to say, oh, this guy did that. This guy did that. But, you know, when it comes to Mark, they had ballistics, DNA, all this stuff, eyewitnesses. So, yeah. So in reference to Mark's case, I'm fine with how he was convicted. Yep. And we all know that once you are convicted or sentenced to death row, you automatically get your appeals. Mm -hmm. And Despite these theories of reasonable doubt, they did not help Mark with his appeals. He, he attempted to say that his defense team did not render effective counsel, which is honestly probably true. That could mm-hmm. definitely be true. We know how defense attorneys can be. But he couldn't fight all the evidence that was against him. And as of 2022, 57-year-old Mark Goudeau is still serving his time on death row in an Arizona prison. Wow. Where mm-hmm. he should rot for the rest yes. of his life. Yes. And as early as 2019, I read an article that said 29-year-old Patrice Goudeau, which is, I guess, one of his family members, was arrested in Phoenix for shooting at the mother of his children in an attempt to kill her. Yeah. Over, like, some oxys and some weed. He's, like, apparently a drug dealer. And I don't know. I guess she was fucking with his money or something. But, yeah. The family got some dark shit going on. <laughs> they all need to sit down. It seems like. Yeah. Take several seats and relax. Yeah. So that's our case for this week, you guys. It was as crazy as I fucking look right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. And then Mark, looking at him old. I don't know if you guys will see this on. Definitely we'll see it I'll on post Patreon. It. Okay. Yeah, I'll post it. Looking at his old picture, it, it it brings out more of his evilness for me. Like, really? it's like the evilness sat in there and fermented over the years. Yeah. And it's now yeah. smelling and rotting and being visible in his eyes. And I'm looking at this picture of his mugshot, the one where he's in the orange. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just so shocked that because looking at him, you know, just like this, like because I know what to expect and how evil he is, I see evil, right? I see mm-hmm. evil. But if I didn't know anything, I would just be like, oh, like he probably just likes to rob people and boost cars. And he has a great smile, so it would completely disarm me. Like, Kayla. that's what I would think. Kayla! And, like, before we even started this, I was looking at him like, oh, okay. If I met him on the streets, I would smile and wave. Right. Like, the picture of him smiling is... I mean, he just looks like a regular fucking guy. How scary is that? That just gave me chills. I can't even hold you. When I look at him with his wife, it makes me want to say, OJ did it. Yeah. Oh, Kristen. He did it. And the thing is, maybe his wife isn't of the caucus. She definitely looks of the caucus. Maybe she's mixed. But it seems like to me, a lot of the women that were his victims were Hispanic women. Yes. So I'm thinking maybe his wife was maybe uh, mixed or just Hispanic and maybe he was killing because of that. But does it make sense? Because I don't think he was necessarily with his wife when he went to jail for the first, you know, assault. So who knows? I would love to know. I would love to know the motive. Why did you do it, Mark? Why did you choose the women that you chose? Right. I mean, what made you want to continue to now shoot them in the head? What's going on? I still don't understand. 
I don't. Do you guys think we should write a letter to him on death row and ask him questions? Let us know. <laughs> Message us, us on know. Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, wherever you have us. And if you enjoy the show, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It just really helps us get the word out about our show. Yes, and please. Before we go, be safe, protect your peace, and protect your space. So we don't have to cover your case, babe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me. <laughs>